0: Hi everyone and welcome to the June 11th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Lason, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Kia Canada has weathered the COVID-19 pandemic and global microchip shortage better than almost any other brand in Canada. So how did they do it? And what about the company's rebranding effort? What does that mean for dealers? We'll get answers to those questions and more when I speak with Kia Canada Chief Operating Officer Elias El-Ashab, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, we, we would be remiss if we didn't start here. Um, Kia has been one of the best performing brands during this pandemic, down just 5.5% last year and up 25% in the first quarter this year when it comes to sales. How has Kia Canada managed this pandemic so well in terms of sales?
1: Well, I mean, it, it's been a combination of things, and um, we've been very pleased with the results. To be honest, we we were just trying to see what's the best way to manage and do the best that we can with what we have. And to start the conversation, we had numerous and um, like numerous meetings with our dealers, with our uh, dealer advisory board specifically, and. Um, early on in the pandemic days and, and just kind of went through, okay, you know, what, what's happening around us? What can we do? What can we not do? What do we have to get around? What's the realities that we have to deal with? But as we were having these conversations, they weren't, you know, conversations about complaints They weren't conversations about, you know, here's what I need. Here's what you need. The conversation was more focused around the customer. What's a customer going through these days? What's a customer need? What are they looking for? Um, you know, what What are they hoping to achieve? How can we help? And so with that mentality and thought process in mind, we started to come up with multiple ideas and programs um, and even marketing themes. And we started to equip our dealer body, who has been phenomenal in uh, putting their faith in us and working with us and helping us to keep that transparent conversation going. And we started to see success and, and, you know, success c- uh, garners more success and um, we generated momentum and we carried that through. And, you know, the, the problems changed. and went from pandemic to shutdowns, to supply, to, uh, you know, uh, economic conditions. So There's there all kinds of things that were being thrown at us, but because we had momentum and because we have the partnership uh, that's been ongoing between ourselves and our dealer body, we were able to um, pivot and shift. And, and I think that's been crucial for any business in the last 18 months. If you're not able to shift and pivot and adjust your strategy uh, almost daily in some uh, in some cases, then, you know, you're not going to be able to survive. So that's worked well for us. And, um, you know, the results speak for themselves. Again, we uh, didn't necessarily imagine that it would work this well, but we we did think that this was the way to go. Um, and yeah, we were enjoying uh, some great success. We're off to a uh, record start to the year in the first five months, and we're hoping to continue with that.
0: Where are you at right now with inventory? Um, a lot of automakers still struggling to get inventory on lots. Um does Kia have a particular advantage that maybe it's it's um factories weren't hit as hard by shutdowns due to COVID or hit as hard by microchip shortages? I just wonder what the inventory situation is like for Kia Canada right now.
1: Well, I, I think um you know our factories should be commended for uh doing a I think a better than average job at trying to secure all the uh, products they need to build the cars and keep the production lines going. Um Everyone's had some sort of effect, but I think what's been key for us is the management of inventory and trying to make sure that we get the right inventory to the right dealerships to the right customers and making sure that no inventory is sitting and that we're being efficient in moving it and also to make sure that we're basically selling what we we have and what we can get what you're going to be getting are
0: more electric vehicles eventually. Because like every automaker, Kia is clearly dedicated to electrification. What is the EV potential in Canada? What does Kia see in Canada when it comes to electrification? Is there a large potential there? Is it segmented sort of in province by province or where ev rebates are i just wonder how you move forward with an electrification plan in a country that you know in in central ontario here in ontario no rebates bc a lot of rebates alberta perhaps not um keen as other markets to to take up electrification what's the strategy here in canada
1: well first off the the first piece is recognizing that this is the future this is the future of the car business and you know trying to push it off or deny it or or work around it it's just going to land you back at square one except you'd lose a few years in the process so mm. we we were quick to recognize that this was the way Kia has been investing in EV technology for some time i mean we we've been selling EVs in Canada since 2014 so this is not a, a new uh, offering for us obviously the technology has improved the number of offerings has increased and we want to continue to push that way so um, our plan is to introduce seven more electrified vehicles by 2025 in Canada. Um, as far as the, the potential in the market, you know, there's a shorter and a longer term view. And the shorter term, um, you know, it, it might be geared a little more towards provinces where they have more support, where they have more rebates, um, and that's really to help bridge the price gap between EVs and ICE models. Uh, but we also know that in the next two years. Uh, we're going to see a huge decrease in the cost of battery prices, and batteries account for thirty percent of the price of an EV. And so that gap is going to be uh, closing quickly, and so the the uh, dependence on incentives is going to dwindle and eventually go away. And we'll see mass adoption as people get more comfortable with these cars. They see them more on the road. They see more offerings from various OEMs. Um, you know, they they start to get more comfortable around the range, the charging network, um, all all the little things that. You know, make people maybe hesitate in purchasing a car. Um, we you know we did we did a survey last year, and the results were amazing. We saw that more than half of our survey respondents were interested and potentially willing to purchase an EV. yet only three percent in the market actually do. And when we dug into it and and asked the right questions, the results were hesitation, mostly around lack of knowledge and education.
0: Let's go there. I mean, Kia, has the Kia electric vehicle experience center in Vancouver. Tell me about that. What is the idea behind that? What do you hope it achieves?
1: Well, the the idea came from exactly that um uh, recognition that we um that we got last year when we did the survey, uh, that understanding that hey, you know, people might understand the technology and it's easy for somebody to google and and research, you know, what's an EV and and what's the you know, range and how much is the charger and all that good stuff. But people were still uncomfortable. They wanted to talk to a person about it. They wanted to talk to somebody who drives and lives the EV lifestyle. They had a lot of, um, you know, kind of secondary lifestyle uh, questions as well that, you know, maybe are secondary questions, but they're crucial in having them make that move. And so people asking about, you know, charging their uh, EV if they live in a condo, adding a charger to their house, can it be inside? Does it have to be outside? How far can I go? How long does it take to charge? You know, what happens if I'm stuck on the side of the road and I'm out of charge? Like, They're, they're very, uh, you know, valuable questions that kind of remain unanswered. And so when we thought about all that, we thought, okay, there's, you know, two parts of the country that have uh, mass adoption of, of electric vehicles. Uh, we geared more towards uh, Vancouver as our uh, you know, first place to uh, build an EV experience center because uh, of the demographic and, and the fact that you know it's a, a very urban environment. And, and we thought, okay, let, let's build a center where anybody off the street can walk in and get a real EV experience ask questions to an EV owner but also you know get get a real test drive of an EV and I don't mean you know gas and brake I mean test drive as in drive through the various parts of the city see what it's like in the city on the highway find out what it's like to access the HOV lanes uh, to access special parking go to uh, a public charging station and charge your vehicle while you get a coffee to see how long it takes to see how easy it is to plug it in to see what it's like to uh, pay for a charge, then access a home charger and see what that's like. So the the experience center was built more around educating the consumer and uh, answering those you know very uh, lifestyle type questions. And so that's why uh, the average uh, experience is about ninety minutes, and and it takes the the consumer through the entire um, experience from from owning an EV to charging an EV to driving an EV. Uh, to learning about the ins and outs of an EV.
0: It's funny because the uh, Global Automakers of Canada and the Canadian uh, Vehicle Manufacturers Association had a survey not too long ago about what it is deterring Canadians from buying more EVs. And one of the top sort of answers was that education was the barrier, that they didn't know enough about it. And I asked both those organizations, this questions: Whose responsibility is it to educate the public? Is it the government who wants to mandate eventually uh, the sale of electric vehicles? Or is it the companies who are trying to sell their EVs? I just wonder how that synergy works. Is it all on the automaker, all on the government, or should it be a combination of both when it comes to educating the public about electric uh, vehicles? Well,
1: it has to be a combination of both. Uh, both of us want to go there, maybe with different intentions, but uh, the government wants to mandate, like you said, or wants to at least promote and push more EVs. The automakers recognize that this is the future and that they need to play in this space. So it's both our responsibility to educate the consumer. Nobody can walk away from this. Um, It does turn into a bit of a chicken and egg, of course, because who Mm -hmm. starts first, who puts the money in first. But Frankly, we, we saw the opportunity and we just said, you know, we don't want to wait on the sidelines. We know we have to do this. We know this is the way forward. So we're going to take the opportunity and move ahead.
0: I'd like to talk about some some new things uh, happening at Kia Canada. One of the, the, the new vehicles is the Carnival. It's not a minivan. It's a multi-purpose vehicle, according to Kia. What does that mean? And how do you convince Canadians otherwise in that it's not a minivan, it's not the soccer mom stereotype that we've seen for nearly thirty years in the minivan market. What makes this different? How do you convince Canadians to buy it? How do you convince them it's not a minivan?
1: Well, first off, we yeah, we we don't call it a minivan. We call it an LUV, a life utility vehicle. And okay. the the reason we came up with that is is um you know because it, it it frankly checks all the boxes. It takes every box on what you would want out of a vehicle. It really is the most versatile Uh, vehicle that we have in our entire lineup and so to convince somebody and to to show them that it's not simply a minivan obviously to me it starts with styling and you can tell from the carnival it has impeccable styling very very sexy lots of uh, beautiful lines lots of curves very rugged at the same time uh, big front end big grill uh, not reminiscent of a soccer mom or minivan you know i don't know when the last time anybody called a minivan sexy (laughs) Uh, this thing is sexy and it's rugged and it feels more like a very stylish high-end SUV and when you go into it it sits uh, the seating the uh, controls the the technology the finish uh, the the luxurious features that you have inside are no different than a high-end luxury SUV the only difference is you have three rows of seating that are much more comfortable than an SUV Um, you're uh, your, your space and utilization of space is extremely flexible. You're able to put, you know, a four by eight sheet of plywood um, down in the back of your, of your uh, uh, carnival and then, um, you know, take it out and, and pop the seats back up and uh, put uh, six kids and your wife next door and, and, and drive away. So it's, um, it really is that combination of things, but I think it starts with styling, add in the technology uh, add in the luxury, add in the uh, safety, the ADAS features. Uh, there's absolutely nothing you can ask for that this vehicle doesn't have.
0: It comes with the new Kia logo, one of the first vehicles to sport that logo. This is all part of the a first one, actually. Yes, yes. Um, so this is part of a rebranding effort by Kia globally. Um, I wonder here at home, what does the rebranding mean to dealerships? Will this mean changes to showrooms and exteriors, new logos? And if so, um, is there a timeline for when that needs to be done? I'm just uh, wondering how that plays out for dealers.
1: So there, there's, there's a lot of change for dealerships, and it's more than a signage change. Um, first off, it's a change in philosophy that comes with the brand changeover. And the the easiest way to sum it up, one of our uh, global executives called it out and said, "We're we're transforming from a value brand to a value role brand," and that really struck a chord with everybody. And I think our dealers are the first to see that. uh, With this new lineup of vehicles that's coming down the pipes, with the change in branding, with the change in in strategy, we're seeing a different kind of consumer walk into the dealerships. Um, Our dealers are holding. Uh, more growth than than they ever have, and I don't mean just what's you know what's uh, in the normal market, but what you're actually able to hold at the end of the day. That's increasing at a at a high speed. Uh, our dealer profitability is increasing at a high speed, and so this this shift um, that uh, plays into our plan S, which is, stands for for uh, shift, uh, is transforming the way that we're going at the market, and that's what the dealers are going to see and feel more than anything else. Now, the signage, yes, the, the sign does change. Uh, it's uh, much more uh, uh, reminiscent of a, of a handwritten signature. It's much more edgy, much younger, much more uh, for the electronic age. Uh, it brings a little bit of inspiration. Um, it's, um, it's much more transparent, and yes, that is something that the dealers will have to change at their local dealerships as well and maybe some color changes we're still in the midst of trying to figure out exactly how we're gonna showcase the new signage at the dealerships but like i said i think the biggest shifts that the dealers are going to see is in the vehicles that they're going to be uh, selling and in the way that we're going to be selling
0: speaking of changes with, with a ramped up vaccination program coast to coast in canada and case numbers seemingly in check in a lot of places covid appears to be winding down for much of Canada. Are there changes that Kia Canada and its dealers made over the last 15 months that you see sticking around long after COVID? So did COVID change some things for the better maybe at Kia Canada?
1: I think so, yes. I think it's, um, it's done a few things. Uh, first of all, it's, people are paying a lot more attention to uh, sanitization and personal safety so i think that piece will stick uh, but more importantly i think it's helped advance the automotive business which as we all know you know we're we're one of the slower industries to to advance and what would have probably taken us 5 to 10 years all happened in the last 12 to 18 months and that's the adoption of technology the adoption of um you know a, a mixed model where customers are able to uh, interact and um, purchase and service and pay for vehicles in um, a slew of different ways and kind of mix and match to their liking. And I think that's what the what the future is going to look like. And I think that it's going to stick whether COVID stays or not.
0: Well, it is certainly uh, an exciting new chapter for Kia. I thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh, much appreciated. Stay safe and uh, all the best.
1: You as well. Thank you very much.
0: We reached Eliash in the Greater Toronto area. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.